Welcome to Educationally Speaking. My name is Sarah Davis, and I'm a communication specialist with Oakland Schools and the host of this podcast. The goal of Educationally Speaking is to focus on important topics related to education here in Oakland County, Michigan. Thank you so much for listening in. Today, we are starting a two-part podcast where we are talking to Oakland Schools employees who are helping out their communities. In the first segment, we will touch base with our Oakland Schools technical campuses, as well as one of our early childhood compliance consultants. Both are great examples of going above and beyond during the COVID-19 pandemic. Just because schools have closed due to the pandemic doesn't mean they aren't still contributing to the local community. At our Oakland schools, our technical campuses have really stepped up and have been helping out wherever possible. Here to talk with us today about this is Martin Kay, Dean of our Oakland Schools Technical Campus Southwest. Marty, thanks for joining us here today. It is my understanding you are here talking on behalf of all of our technical campuses, as each of them has been doing a lot to help out others during this pandemic. Yeah, thanks for having me, Sarah. Glad to be here. So, yeah, as you said, uh, all of this happened really fast, and um, the technical campuses' first priorities were really to get everything straight with teaching and curriculum and making sure our students and families were okay. And in fact, early on, we even spent a lot of time sharing community resources with families um, through our social workers in each of our buildings. Um, we spent a lot of time collecting links to resources and we sent out some emails and some phone calls and so forth. But uh, shortly after that, we started getting some ideas about ways that we could donate certain things to the community and, and that sort of um, turned into a two or three step process of being able to donate a lot of items to the community. Right, and, and from what I understand, there's been three main areas that the campuses have been contributing in. The first is food donations. Can you talk to me a little bit about what the campuses have done as it relates to bringing food to the community? Yes, of course. So each of the campuses have, uh, we each have a culinary program very, very large kitchens, walk-in refrigerators, freezers, everything. So we had a huge stock of um, perishable items, as well as some stuff that was frozen that would last a while. And we didn't really focus on that stuff too much. But what we did was we all took a look at all of our perishable items, everything, because we pretty much knew that we needed to get rid of them fast. And um, we were contacted by a few community agencies uh, around the entire county in all four campuses in basically one day, maybe a second day, um, boxed, bagged, put everything that was perishable, uh, sort of organized together and these community agencies came and picked them up uh, from the back doors of our kitchen areas and they delivered them to food pantries or other places that they needed to go. Um, you know, regarding the food donation. So that was obviously a really rewarding thing to take part in. Yeah, absolutely. And making sure that food doesn't go to waste and not only that, but helping others in the process. Um, another area where the OSTCs have made donations was uh, giving PPE equipment to frontline workers, correct? Yes, that is correct. So this is also something that kind of, um, we actually had a teacher to make a suggestion that we do that, that suggestion then was forwarded on to some people at Oakland Schools, and we started the process of collecting, uh, organizing, and then eventually dropping off um, a lot of PPE equipment in the thousands of dollars worth um, to um, 
uh, a building I believe that is actually right near Oakland School. So in general, each of our buildings have several programs that use goggles or masks. You know, we do have health science programs where we train nurses. So we have all sorts of masks and gloves and N95s and just everything. And even some of our auto programs have the heavy duty masks and goggles and, and gloves and, and various programs throughout the building. Our culinary programs uh, each had hundreds upon hundreds of gloves that we um, you know, boxed and bagged up and donated. And I think even in our agricultural science programs, whether it was gowns or masks and gloves, you know, we had that type of stuff as well. So uh, each, each dean went through the building with one of their facilities um, uh, uh, building uh, employees. And we just basically walked around and started bagging and boxing up as much as we could. And eventually I believe those were all driven in Oakland schools vehicles uh, over to the community agency uh, out there in Waterford near Oakland schools. Awesome. Uh, and then lastly, at your campus specifically, your agri-science and visual imaging staff and students came together to do something special for the community. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, so the last thing was really cool. I mean, obviously the food and the PPE was really cool as well, but um, my ag teacher, Bailey Garwood, uh, called me one day a few weeks ago and said, you know, I've got 125 hanging baskets. By this time in most springs, we would have had several hundred flats of flowers, but we didn't order them. It was just before order time when we had to leave the buildings, but she did already have the hanging baskets because those are grown further with our supervision um, leading up to our spring sale. We have a spring flower sale, the uh, two buildings who still have the agricultural science program um, every spring in May. So her idea was that why don't we um, clean up the hanging baskets a little bit, you know, we uh, deadheaded them and everything and, and let's call all of my students and all of our staff and say you can each pick up two to four baskets and the idea is to take the baskets and donate them to somebody labeled as a frontline worker, maybe grocery workers, maybe a mail person, um, doctor's offices, hospitals, uh, uh, sanitation workers, whoever. So everybody came and they picked up two or three or four baskets. We did the whole social distancing thing. We had them laid out in parking spots and people just came, grabbed them, threw them in their car and left. And the other cool thing they did on the back end of that was they took a lot of pictures and many of those photos made it to social media. In some cases, we just kept them internally. So, you know, I gave one to my mail person and I had a cool picture about that. And, and we just sort of shared that amongst the staff. But I will tell you in closing with this particular topic, we got incredible uh, feedback and of course a lot of smiles from the people who we gave these to. There were some people that were really blown away that we did this, um, whether they were dropped off at grocery stores, doctor's offices, or even just walking out to the person who delivers our mail. Uh, we had some really, really happy people. They thought it was so cool that we did this. And, and last thing to add to it, our graphic design department made these little flags, tiny little flags that we put on little wood sticks to stick in the dirt that said, the soil that said, um, you know, thank you frontline workers from OSTC Southwest. And the back of the flag sort of looked like an American flag. And it had, I think the names of who some of those frontline workers were by category, like nurses, doctors, so forth. Um, so we kind of had that little, little flag put in the basket too. And that was really cool. So it was all good fun. Yeah, I know when uh, we heard about it here, we put those photos up on social media. I believe the picture of the flag in the flower is our, our cover photo now. And it was also just in time for Mother's Day. I think it was the Friday before Mother's Day. So the timing couldn't have been any better, I think, for some people to get a little bit of extra love there for those frontline workers. 
So um, it shows that although obviously the main point of our campuses is to educate students that even in these times our OSTCs are still able to find the ability to contribute to the community. So thanks Marty for being on the show and uh, for sharing these great stories. Yes, thanks for having me. We are here right now with Elaine Tadajewski, an early childhood compliance consultant in our special populations department, who was recently recognized on our Oakland Schools Facebook page for helping out the local community during this COVID-19 pandemic. Hi Elaine, how are you? I'm good, thank you, how are you? I'm doing good, just taking all of this day by day. Same here. So at Oakland Schools, you support early childhood special education staff in Oakland County in matters of compliance with special education mandates and best practices for children with special needs birth to age eight. But you also recently decided to donate some of your personal time and resources to helping out others during the COVID-19 pandemic. Can you tell us what you've been up to lately? Yeah, well, um, I have a neighbor, Erin, who is a nurse at Mott Children's Hospital. She mentioned through social media one day back in March that they were in need of cloth face masks. I sew, and like most people who do, I had a bunch of extra fabric and supplies. And whenever I see a need, if I'm able to do something about it, I always try and chip in. So I offered to make some for her and her coworkers. And since then, I've discovered that another neighbor of mine works at U of M Hospital and they needed masks too. So I made some for her as well. That is awesome. So with limited supplies everywhere, how have you gone about making the masks? Well, like I mentioned before, I already had a bunch of fabric, but I didn't have enough elastic to make the part that goes around the ears. And the craft stores were completely out. Um, there's a lot of people making masks these days, apparently. So uh, I had to order some online. Um, and even that was a challenge. I had to wait for at least a week for it to arrive. But um, uh, in the meantime, I experimented with a few designs for the masks and settled on one that the nurses would be able to adjust to fit, which I understand is an important feature. And so how many have you made so far? Um, I made about 35 to 40 before my neighbor told me that the hospital system said that they couldn't accept them anymore. Um, but since then, I've been making um, some for friends and family just kind of as needed. I do plan to continue making more to have on hand and to give to others as needed. Who are the masks going to and what is the feedback that you've been getting from the recipients? So most of them have gone to um, nurses uh, and staff at U of M Hospital and Mott Children's Hospital, but then also friends and family and um, just anybody that I know that needs one. Um, the masks have been very well received. I've gotten many heartfelt thank yous from both of my neighbors. Uh, my neighbor Erin sent me a picture of her and her team wearing the masks made my by me and other donors. And it was pretty special to see all of them together and you could tell they were smiling behind their masks. That's really awesome, Elaine. I bet the people getting the masks are so grateful. And you mentioned the other day that you're also making sidewalk chalk for local families. Well, sidewalk chalk games. So um, I live on a dead end street with several families who have young children. And I started to notice them taking walks with the kids just to get out of the house. And I came across a bucket of sidewalk chalk that I bought for a different purpose and I never used it. So I just started thinking it would be nice to add a little something to the street to make the walks more fun and engaging. Um, so I started drawing different lines with instructions to do different things like running, zigzag walk, hop, jump, spin, following curved lines. 
And uh, then I did a Google search and found other sidewalk games that would be fun for little kids um, and could be done with little instructions. So it's not like I'm gonna stand out in the middle of the street telling everybody how to play the games or um, instructions posted at the side of the road. So, um, so I added those and the response was very positive. And I even got thank yous from the family with teenagers and adult children uh, who were joining in the fun with the little kids too. <clears throat> Excuse me, I have a, a two and a four year old and I know that they would love to see something like that in the neighborhood for sure. Uh, thank you, Elaine, for all you're doing to help others during this pandemic. Oakland Schools is proud to have you representing us in the community. Well, no problem. It's been my pleasure. Thank you for having me on the podcast. This podcast was brought to you by Oakland Schools Intermediate School District's Communication Services and produced by media production and distance learning manager, Mark Hansen. Oakland Schools is a regional service agency that offers support services to school personnel, which are better delivered regionally and provide cost, size, and quality advantages to those we serve. You can find out more information on Oakland Schools at oakland.k12.mi.us. I have been your host for this podcast, Sarah Davis, and you can find this in future episodes of Educationally Speaking on Anchor FM. We hope you will join us for our next episode where we will continue to bring you topics that affect every student every day.